Welcome to The Thriving Christian Artist, the podcast where we hope you connect with God to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live as an artist in His kingdom. I'm Matt Tommy, your host. Let's get started. Well, um, we got a special treat tonight. You know, I always, uh, one of the things I really committed to do when we started gathering of artisans was never just to have um, anybody come up here and speak to you guys. I always said that if I'm going to have people come and speak, uh, and there's been some years we haven't had a lot of uh, extra, you know, outside speakers and that sort of thing. Um, but this year we have such a treat. Um, my friend Joel McCaro is here from Australia. What? 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 Come on up, bro. And um, we're, we're so excited that he's here. I really, one of the things that I want to say to you is this. I really believe that God, you know, many of you know the story. In 2009, God raised me up to raise up an army of artists uh, to reveal his glory in the earth. And part of that, I think, was bringing master artists and emerging artists, sons and daughters, fathers and mothers together with artists so that you could really hear what God was doing in voices uh, in the arts and in the creative realm. And I really believe that, that this brother is one of those people. And I believe you carry something that's really powerful. And we just want to receive you tonight. And so, Father, we just pray your anointing, Lord. God, just, just just stretch your hands out to him right now. Father, we just pray your anointing right now to fill him up, fill him up from the top of his head to the sole of his feet, that he would release light and life and glory tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Make him welcome. Good evening, friends. How are you going? Good. It's really good to be here. I'm a real Australian. Now, I say that because my sister over here was like, you're the first Australian I've ever met. You're real. You're actually real. We're not just some mythological country down somewhere. We weren't, we're not made up. It's, we're not like the moon landing. We actually happen. <laughs> so um, I, I've been here for... Uh, the last two weeks over in uh, the Joshua Tree Desert for a while uh, at a creative gathering there called Promoting Passion uh, that a, a wonderful, incredible lady named Brooke Shaden, who is an amazing photographer, she's, it's not a Christian conference, so most of the time I spend my time not in Christian gatherings. I spend my time as an artist uh, out in the world, away from Christian culture, uh, being Jesus in that place and, and got to see some really incredible, wonderful things happen there in, jo- in the Joshua Tree Desert. A whole lot of, a lot of the stuff I do is around restoring one's life. I'm a poet, so I'm obsessed with stories uh, and, and saw some beautiful things happen. And then I've been down at uh, Morningstar down in Charlotte um, with my friend Josh here uh, with the students from, from Morningstar School. And, um, and now I get to come and hang with you guys. And I thought I would, I would kick us off with a poem. Does that sound okay? So this is, the, yes, please. This is, a, um, this is a poem to welcome you here. To the artists, to those chasers of beauty, to the ones who cannot stop themselves, to the curious, to the inquisitive, to the artist, to those seekers of stories, pens poised on the edges of paper, to the messy ones, the ones who go to birthday parties, fleck of paint, 
paint still plastered through curly hair, to the hopeful, to the determined, to those few who look through lenses to capture moments, see glimpses of what could be. The seagull scavengers stealing what others leave behind to put the leftovers of humanity back together to the artist. To the 3 a.m. rider scribbling words down on paper every night, every night, 10,000 hours every night. To the singer with a sore throat, bloodied fingers of the guitarist. To piano keys worn down to ivory bone. To those who are worn down to ivory bone. To the artist, I say, welcome home. To the artist and to those who have forgotten that they are so. The child who put away their paintbrush. Ballet shoes left dusty in the back bits of attics. To the cartoon scribbler in the margins of maths books. To the memory of crayons and drawings pinned up on fridges. To the childhood actors performing in lounge room, backyard, front veranda theatres. To the students whose teachers took their own failures and transposed them upon you the burdened shoulders and the clipped wings, to the artist and to those who have forgotten that they are so, I say, welcome home. To those who have never belonged, the odd angle of a straight family, the misunderstood, a coloured paintbrush in a black and white world, to the misread and the lonely, to the artist, to those who see what lies on the underside size of humanity, to the ones who choose to feel, though at times it may tear them apart, to those who paint the darkness so that the darkness does not paint them, to the discarded and disregarded, to the Kurt Cobain singer, Van Gogh painter, Robin Williams actor, and Sylvia Plath poet to the tortured soul, and the blistered feet and the clay hands to the artist, to those who have never belonged, I say, welcome home. I bid you to stay a while, take off your shoes, lay down your sword, there is hope in these walls. A bed to find rest, weary soul. Find rest. You do not need to look over your shoulder here. You do not need to compare. No measurement, no success, no failure. Just create. Never give up. Enough with the talking, talking heads of the critics. Critics are only cynics. You start listening only to you. You come home to yourself. Take charge of the dreams you once thought too far past the horizon. The simple joy of being here. The art of creating when you no longer need an audience. Create because it makes your bones move. Create because it stirs the fire belly. Create because you dream. Create because you see. Create because the world needs you. Create because everything inside you could do nothing else. Create because it is your freedom.
create. Create, because this is what we do here. Because this is who we are here. So welcome home. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome home. Thank you. Thank you, friends. God welcomes you home. I travel around with a lot of artists. I travel to a lot of different places where artists are, and I meet a lot of lonely artists. And then I get to meet people like Matt Tommy, people like my friend Brooke Shaden, who bring the artists together to find a place of home. So may you find that this this week as you gather here with friends, with fellow pilgrims, to create, to play, to have fun. I'm a poet. That's what I get to do. We're going to try. I'm just trying to get this this thing, keynote kind of thing happening here. It's looking for the MacBook Pro 2 up there. Let's see if it's going to connect. Maybe technology. It's so great till it's not. We're just going to see if this can happen so I can go through my PowerPoint thing. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. Turn the person next to you and say, welcome home. You can go back, go back. All right, I might just have to get you to flick through them. Can we do that? There's going to be a lot of flicking, but you'll be okay. (sighs) We'll be okay. We'll be okay. The best laid plans. It was working before, wasn't it? It was working beautifully. These things, these things. That's okay. Let's just see how we go then, hey? Let's see how we go. So, friends, I get to go into lots of different places, as I said, and share my poetry. And I also get to take people on journeys of discovering their own poetry. By the end of the tonight, you were going to write some poetry. Yes! That's the response I like. Normally, I go into high schools and say that. They're like, I'm going to what? I write some poetry. Um, I, do, I get to go into a lot of high schools. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do, to show young boys and girls that their voice matters, that it counts. I get to work with people uh, who, who come in so shy and so scared and so with their voice taken from them and I see their voice restored to them. It's one of the most beautiful things that I do and I also get to hear so much bad cliche poetry from my wonderful year seven and eight boys about footy as we say in Australia, about soccer and sport and and I wish that I collected a whole bunch of these because some of them are hilarious, some of the metaphors. And I, I didn't, but I found, a, a, I found someone who did. And um, we're just going to read a few, of, a few of those. Can we go through some of these up here? Here we go. They're, they're quite hilarious. The sun was below the watery horizon like a diabetic grandma easing into a warm soul bath. That's right. Let's go to the next one. Keep on going. 
Her eyes twinkled like the moustache of a man with a cold. She grew on him like she was a colony of E. coli and he was room temperature Canadian beef. Her eyes were like the stars, not because they twinkled, but because they were so far apart. It was as easy as taking candy from a diabetic man who no longer wishes to eat candy. And lastly, their love burned with the fiery intensity of a urinary tract infection. There it is, friends. That's the quality. That's the quality of poetry that I get to hang out with. So um, what I'm trying to do, though, you can go to the next slide. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take a bunch of students and I'm trying to help them create and write something. And as you guys know, we always start with this. This is what I call the foreboding blankness of an empty page. And I want to ask you, I want to ask you this, this question. Let me just get to where I am here so I can read this. Who has sat there with a blank piece of paper staring up at you silent? And you, you try to start, but nothing quite sits right in your head. And your perfectionist kicks in and your negative inner critic gets loud. And you've been told what this should look like. But you know it won't come out of you like that and you you just can't make it look right. And people just think it's silly anyways. And you tell yourself you're not good enough. And so you get busy and and you don't have time for creativity and you you just end up apathetic and you don't even know where to start. So you just kind of give up. Am I speaking to the right crowd here? Who knows this? Oh, look at us. It's the normal place of the artist, isn't it? We sit there with our new ideas and we're like, I don't know. I don't know how to get this or do this. Um, Vincent said the same thing. Go to the next slide. You, You don't know how paralyzing the stare of a blank canvas is, which says to the painter, you can't do a thing. The canvas has an idiotic stare and mesmerizes some painters so much that they turn into idiots themselves. He's very eloquent, Vincent. Many painters are afraid in front of the blank canvas. Many painters are afraid in front of the blank canvas. Go to the next slide for me and the next Creative blocks, the creative blocks that come up as we, as we sit there with our blank pieces of paper. Go to the next one. After a while, this is Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way. I'm sure many of you have read The Artist's Way, hopefully, and if you haven't, you should. Julia Cameron says, after a while, we come to realize that many of those who are blocked are so because they're getting a payoff from it. It has become their crux, their identity, their martyrdom. As blocked creatives, we are willing to go to almost any lengths to remain blocked. Oh, doesn't that hurt? Doesn't that get you? And you look at your life and you look at how much Netflix you've been watching. You look at how much Facebook you've been using. (laughs) Don't, Don't tell anybody. And you realize she's absolutely true, isn't she? We come to the blank page And something happens in that moment, or the blank canvas, or the blank SD card, or the blank whatever it might be, table to sculpt on, the chunk of clay to play, whatever it might be. And something happens in that moment. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, what's your favorite creative block? Favorite's possibly the wrong word. What's the creative block that, that most happens for you?
All right, friends, bring it back in. We tried to get that working, but it's not. Let me, let me hear some of these. Can some, some people shout out what's some of these creative blocks that come up for us? I'd love to hear some. Insecurity, that's a big one, isn't it? Absolutely. What else? So what was that? Fear. There's fear there. Absolutely, there's fear there. Frustration. Yeah, what's the frustrate? What are you frustrated about? That it won't turn out right? It won't turn out as you wanted it to? Yeah, absolutely. Great. What else? Perfectionist. Who's a perfectionist in the room? Oh. What was that? Oh, a squirrel. Any distraction. Give me a distraction. Absolutely. What was that? Yeah. I can't get out what I want to get out. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, the responsibilities of life, absolutely, yep, yep. No one's going to listen anyway, yeah, well, absolutely, what's the point if no one listens? You guys have got some great creative blocks happening, some great, yes, last one. Yeah, our self-doubt, our self-doubt. Our self-doubt gets in. And says a whole lot of stuff. And I want to I come back to how you phrase that in a second. Let me come back to how you phrase that in a second because it's really important what you just said. Um, let's, go to the, let's go to the next slide. Here's a bunch of maybe just, oh yeah, there we go. Good, we got them all up at the, the same time. That's great. Here's a bunch of the things that as I've gone around and asked people um, that they have said, this is a bunch of kind of the things that have come up. Our internal critic, I can't translate what's in my head to become the final product. What if they reject it? Time, busyness, perfectionism, the external critics. I can't make it look right. I can't live up to past successes. I, I did this amazing thing once, this amazing poem. How am I going to beat that? What am I going to do? Self-doubt, comparison to other people. How could I create anything as incredible as Matt does? Like, I can't do that with my hands. I'm not good enough. You probably see some of them, some of them up there. Now, here's what I want to, to start with, here's what I want to put to you. I don't actually think these are just our creative blocks. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me find it here. Who has sat there and tried to pray and the blank piece of paper that is God sits there silent? And, and your perfectionist kicks in, your negative inner critic gets loud about your Christianity, about who you are and how you practice it. And, and you've been told what a spiritual person should look like, or what a, what a good Christian should look like, or, or what prayer should look like. But you know that it doesn't come out of you like they told you it's meant to, and you, you feel like you can't make your spirituality look like it's meant to, and you tell yourself you're not good enough anyway, and, and, and you get busy, and you don't have the time, and you end up apathetic, and you just don't even know where to start, and you kind of just give up. See, what I'm saying, you can go to the next slide, is this. We can take away creative block. And we can add, go to the next one. In other words, the very things that creatively keep us blocked, what I'm putting to you are the same things that spiritually keep us, keep us blocked. That we have been told what our spiritual lives should, should look like. And for us who are artists, often it doesn't. For us who are creatives, who think just a little bit weirdly, a little bit different, it doesn't. 
And you know that you sometimes connect with God more through painting or going for a walk than, than in a prayer service or a church service or something like that. You've been told what this should look like and you just can't make it and your inner perfectionist kicks in and you feel like you're not good enough. Like God is looking down and he's the external critic saying, what is that? I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you would do that. And fear, fear sits at the heart of all of this. Fear sits at the heart of our creative blocks. And I would also say our, our spiritual blocks. You go to the next one and the next one. And also our relational blocks. In other words, all these things start cropping up in our relationships too. Our perfectionist, our inner critic, our self-doubt, our shame. We're told what this should look like, but we don't quite work like that. What, what I would kind of say to you is, is this. That these things, they all come out of the same place within us the same desires within us. Our our relationality, our connection to each other is our desire to know and be known, to to allow people to see kind of the the pain and the hope that lies inside us. And and our, our spirituality is the horizontal version of that, to know and be known by the great other. It comes out of the same desire. And our creativity, it comes out of the same thing, to know and be known, to take our vulnerabilities and to take them out and place them into the world, to take those places of pain and those places of hope and to create out of them. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Think about your life and whether you can see that this, the same fear that sits beneath your your spirituality, your connection to God, your relationality, and, and also the way you engage in society as well, the way we engage with our world, so many of these things come out of this same place within us, the drive within us, but therefore also the blocks come from the same things within our lives. See, what I would say to you is this, the deepness that you are willing to allow someone else to come into your stuff is the same deepness you will allow God to come into your stuff, to to allow yourself to be known, to be seen, And it is also the same deepness. You will be willing to go in your creativity to bring it out into the world. And sadly, most of the time, we just like playing at surface level with all of these things. We we kind of bluff our way through. We put on our, think about an iceberg, 20% above the water, 80% below the water. The 20% above the water is what people get to see of us, our good spiritual faces, our everything's fine, yeah, everything's great. But we know inside, actually beneath the water, what people don't get to see, there's stress, there's anxiety, there's worry, there's confusion, there's pain, there's doubt, there's shame, there's guilt, there's hope, there's delicious hope, there's passion. There's all these things that people don't get to see beneath the water. But in our society, we kind of just stay at what we call our projected self. Uh, the self that we want to project out to other people. And in our social media society, it's, it's even more so. Here, I want to put this Facebook status up. I, want to, I show my Instagram photo of me just getting up in the morning, having a great day, and I get it really close so that I can't see the junk all over my room. And the, you know what I mean. We choose what we want people to see of us. What if, um, what if the movement forward in our creativity, in our spiritual connection with God... And in our relationality, 
is to come to a place where we're willing to take down the masks, to tap into that delicious pain, sorry, that that aching pain and that delicious hope. Delicious pain, it can work. Mm, Delicious. I love that shame. It's so, no, I'm just kidding. That aching pain and that delicious hope. What if we are willing to to go there? Uh, Are we willing to go there? Are we willing to create out of those places? Read the Psalms. That's all it is. Aching pain and delicious hope. That's all it is. Come together. Think about your own life and your own creativity. Are you willing to go there? To step through these creative blocks. Can you go to the next slide? I don't even know. Oh, we're going to go, just go really, maybe jump like the whole next slide. Can you go to the whole next one? Otherwise, oh yeah, we're going to go through all these again. Here we go. We're just going through them. We're going through them. We're going through them. We're going through them. We've got, I put up too many things. Yeah, we're going through it. Um, we can skip that one. Keep going. Keep going. Here we go. Here we go. We're going through it. Relational blocks again. We're going through it. We're going through it. Creative blocks. Don't tell me we've got it again. Here we go. Oh, no. Just go to like the, the whole next thing. The whole next thing. Where's the whole next thing? No. Can we, can we go to the... <laughs> we're going to be here all night, friends. Just going... Maybe God's trying to say something right now. A bit of repetition. Here we go. A guy named Ronald Rollheiser, he says this. Uh, he wrote a book called The Holy Longing. He says this. Because at the center of our lives lies a fiery energy, a perpetual disquiet, a lingering loneliness, a restlessness, a longing, an unquenchable fire, an ache for something we can never quite name, a wildness that cannot be tamed. We are not easeful human beings who occasionally get restless. We are driven persons, forever obsessed by desire, congenitally diseased, a quiet desperation. At times, this grip is not felt as painful but as a deep energy, as something beautiful, as an inexorable pull, more important than anything else inside us toward love and beauty and creativity. Our desire can show itself as aching pain or delicious hope. Spirituality is ultimately what we do with that desire, what we do with those longings. How do we channel the fire in terms of both the aching pain and the delicious hope? That is our spirituality. And I would say as a creative artist, that is our creativity. They are both one and the same thing, our aching pain and our delicious hope. Am I kind of making sense? Are you following what I'm saying and where I'm heading? So these, all these things, go to the next one. All these things, creativity, spirituality, relationality. So, so let, let's read a Julia Cameron quote again. Most of the time when we're blocked in an area of our life, it's because we feel safer that way. That's our payoff. We feel safer. We may not be happy, but at least we know what we are. Much fear of creativity is a fear of the unknown. After a while, we come to realize that many of those who are blocked are so because they are getting a payoff from it. And I continue on, it's become their crux, their identity. I continue on and say what I just said before. We feel safer, so we stay there. We're like that person. If we go to the next one, go to the next one, keep going. Safety, fear leads us to stuckness. Risk is what leads us into freedom. Let's go to the next one. But this is kind of what we look like most of the time. 
We sit in our prisons and they've become so safe that there's a key sitting next to us to get out of our prisons and we choose not to use it. Do you know what I mean? Both in terms of our creativity, in terms of our spirituality, in terms of our relationality, in terms of our life in general. We get so held, those things that, that are painful become so much our identity that we're not willing to let them go. They have become our story and we let them define who we are. What I want to put to you tonight is that those things that have happened to you, they will shape who you are, but they do not have to define who you are. They will shape who you are, but they do not have to define who you are. The way that I talk about in terms of story is this. Who you are is not made up of the things that have happened to you in your life. Rather, who you are is made up of the stories that you tell about what has happened to you in your life. So you can have two people and they go through the exact same experience. And one person comes out of that experience saying, oh, everything sucks. Like everything goes wrong for me. I just can't do anything right. And God's never around. And this, I'm, I'm hopeless at life. And this story, our stories become us, don't they? They become who we are. That becomes that person's identity. The other person goes through the same experience and they come out saying, if I could beat that, I can beat anything. I am a courageous survivor. I could take on anything that this world throws at me. That's two very different trajectories of life, isn't it? Just based on the stories that we tell. See, if it's true that who we are is not shaped by the things that have happened to us, but by the stories we tell about those things, then it's also true that when we begin to change the stories that we tell, we begin to change who we are. When we begin to tell better stories about who we are, more generous stories about who we are, more spacious, kinder stories, gentler stories. When we sit at that, that blank piece of paper and the story that comes up for us is, I'm, I'm hopeless, I'm worthless, I, I suck, I'm too ugly, I'm too this, I'm too that. What if you begin to let God restory that? Psalm twenty two eighteen in the message says this, God rewrote the text of my life when I offered the book of my heart to his eyes. God rewrote the text of my life when I offered the book of my heart to his eyes. Our God wants to rewrite stories this week, to rewrite your st- Think about what's that story you've been telling yourself for too long, for too long, and you know it, but it's in there. Perhaps it's about you as a parent, Perhaps it's about you as a kid, as a brother, as a sister, as a mother, as a father, as a son or a daughter. Perhaps it's about you as a Christian. Perhaps about you as, as a single person. Perhaps about you as, as a husband or a wife. What's the story that you're, perhaps it's about your body. Perhaps it's about your sexuality. Perhaps it's about your Christianity. Perhaps, I don't know. But you know what God wants to do? And you know what creativity is all about? about restoring our lives. That's why I create. I create because it allows me to look at my life through a different set of lenses, to choose a different way of seeing who I am. So this is, this is what we do. This is what we do. Let's go to the next one. See, if our creative, spiritual, relational, and social blocks are the same because they come from that same drive within us, then our journey toward freedom for each 
is also the same. In other words, i.e., when you begin to challenge that thing in you that tells you that you're not good enough in regards to your creativity, then you will also be challenging that thing in you that tells you you're not good enough in terms of your Christianity in terms of your life, in terms of yourself, in terms of how you do life, when you begin to challenge the end product idealistic expectations in your creativity, then you'll be doing the same in all the other areas of your life. Does that make sense? Our creative work that we do, it's, it's about our creativity, but it's about also our freedom of our lives in general. And here's the way we do it. Here's what I tell all of my students is this. The thing that will stop you writing good poetry is trying to write good poetry. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.